Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. How is everybody? It is two days before Christmas and it was the 1872 Cup last night and we are moving up in the world. We are coming from you to you live sorry from the well podcast studio look at us we're on sofas this is serious matt alan how are you good mate it's, it's good to treat yourself at christmas so yeah you know. exactly. and we're also treating the listeners because this probably sounds a hell of a lot better <laughs> than what we give you from the boardroom of uh of my office usually yeah no hula hoops though no hula hoops, which is a shame, but, you know, we can't have everything, can we? <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. Um, you'll usually get us on Twitter, at ThistleRugbyPod, on Instagram, Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod. And we've got a bursting mailbag, which we're going to be getting into later. That is thethistlerugby at gmail.com. Um, have a look at the agenda. Lots and lots of news, signings all over the place at both sides of the M8. And obviously last night was the 1872 Cup at Murrayfield, so we're going to be going through Edinburgh's big win um, against Glasgow last night. We then have an 1872 quiz sent in by uh, loyal listener Kevin Miller. Thank you very much for that. And we've also had a really good chat with um, Sevens player Robbie Ferguson, who helps us have a look back at how the team has got on in Cape Town and Dubai. And then we will finish up with a look back of the year and we will name our player of the year each. How does that sound, guys? Can't wait. Let's that, do it. That sounds okay. Sounds all right. Very happy to be here, aren't you? <laughs> Come on, it's Christmas. You're supposed... I fucking hate Christmas. <laughs> well, why don't we start with some good news? Even you can probably say this is positive news. Grant Gilchrist, Edinburgh and Scotland second row, has re-signed for Edinburgh for three years, taking it right through to 2022. That's a big bit of business. Yeah, and also the first three-year deal that seems to have mm. come out of the SRU in about a year. Yeah, so, no, I think, look, I think in terms of that team, there's that spine, which is McAnally, Gilchrist, probably Watson yep. in that pack. Yeah. And which was shown, and we'll, we'll get onto about mm. last night. Mm. So I think locking him down 
he's clearly I know McAnally's captain, but he's clearly like a leader. Yeah, and I think remember when he first came on the scene for Scotland, they made him captain very early on. It was a Vern Cotter? Yeah, I think so. And I think he's always been earmarked as a potential future future Scotland captain, or yeah. you know, a, a leader, as you say. I I think he's up there with probably our second best, if not our best lock, actually, increasingly. I'm increasingly thinking he's ahead of Johnny Gray. I just think he offers a bit more, bit more dynamic. Yeah. You guys slaughtering the Johnny Gray cow this morning, saying he's not the best <laughs> second row in Scotland. Well, I, th- I still think he is, but I think Gilchrist is is pushing him now. Yeah. I also think... I did tweet that and got quite a lot of heat about that. You, oh, really? can't, you can't say a bad word about Johnny Gray. <laughs> Particularly not. The Glasgow, fans on Twitter, the Glasgow fans on Twitter go absolutely bonkers if you say a bad thing about Johnny Gray. Yeah. So Johnny Gray does complete 102% of all tackles. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so good bit of business there from Grant Gross. I think the last three-year deal was Kinghorn. Edinburgh yeah. did a three-year deal for Kinghorn last year. Mm. Yeah. So that is decent. Um, down the road, though, Glasgow's big week of signings has continued. So they have since we last spoke to you on Monday, they've signed George Horn, Adam Hastings, as we discussed on the pod on Monday night, Hooker, Grant Stewart, Nico Matuwali, which I don't think they were... They were originally um, planning to do this week, but they have done it. Um, and Scott Cummings. And if the silhouettes are to be believed, Hugh Jones is going to be added to that list later on today. So what do you make of that uh, that clutch of signings for Glasgow? Yeah, I think it's it's a good mix of kind of young um, and a, young players and a bit of experience. Um, I think actually like signing Matawali is quite important as well. I just yeah. think he's he's just always going to score you like, seven eight tries a season yeah. you know particularly against the sort of when people are away on international duty he just comes in and is just a, a class above a lot of the guys he comes up against so yeah he scores so many tries against teams like the dragons during yeah. like the six nations yeah. and things like that so yeah no i think overall it's good good business i don't think nico was originally the fifth of the seven silhouettes though no, no definitely not no he wasn't but the they're, they're, glasgow warriors are pushing it as he was he's the fifth of the seven Really? Who, who and was? I'm sure we thought it was Xander Ferguson. Oh, yeah. And they do look really different. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what's happened in terms of whether... Do you think one's maybe fallen off and they had to slide Nico yeah. in? Do you, think, do you think Xander's just like, I'm going to wait and see how the nuke performs <laughs> and then try and like yeah, exactly. super increase my deal off the back of the 1872? He should get a massive deal off the back of the number <laughs> yeah. of penalties the nuke gave away last night. Oh, yeah. um, but we, again, we will come... Onto that. That's all good news from Glasgow, but some bad news coming off the back of the game last week. George Turner has had surgery and he's going to be out for up to 10 weeks. So if you add on to the fact that Fraser Brown is out for six to eight weeks as well, and um, Glasgow are looking very thin on the ground. And Scotland. Yeah, I think I think with Glasgow now, obviously there's Grant Stewart and you've got Kevin Bryce who has actually sort of been playing prop for the most of the last couple of years yeah, and not really for Glasgow. And then you have, supposedly, Robbie Smith as well from Air is sort of the, you know, the young, um, you know, academy player. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, another injury there, and maybe thinking of like getting in a medical joker or something. I don't know. Maybe it's not worth it, but it looks pretty thin on the ground when you have got some big games coming up. Well, it also means that Scotland have got McNally and then what Ross Ford. It's not so bad for Scotland. It's worse for Glasgow. Well, Ford's not even getting on the bench for Edinburgh. Mm, Dave Cherry. Dave Cherry. Also, Stephen Jones actually gave a specific shout out to Jake Kerr 
in the Leicester win yesterday. Oh, really? Did he? Yeah. Was he J- starting? No, he was on the plot and now he started. But oh, he so did. Stephen Jones was like, great resurgence from Leicester, specifically Jake Kerr or something, did very well. So, Are looks like... Worth a look? Yeah. Does that mean we like Stephen Jones now? Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a hell of a lot more to turn that one around. Um, last bit of news before we kick on to talk about the 1872 Cup. Glasgow, defa- Glasgow forwards coach Jonathan Humphreys has been officially announced as part of Wayne Pivak's Wales coaching side. What do you think of that? Do you think it's a big loss for Glasgow? I think, I think Glasgow's forwards in the last year have been better. I mean, maybe not yesterday, but I think overall it's been improvement, and yep. I'm sure he's played a part in that, as as is Dave Rennie, I'm sure. Um, you know, I, it's not the end of the world. I wonder. I mean, I was thinking of a sort of replacement. You would think potentially can any of the club club coaches step up, or are we going to get another sort of imported import, coach? Import definitely. Think. Yeah, I I, I, I don't would, know who'd step up, particularly when you've got Super Six. Yeah, coming up. That they're presumably the, the most promising young coaches. Yeah, maybe Kenny Murray sort of becomes like the full time forwards coach. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice to see that sort of promotion for a young, youngish Scottish guy. But yeah, you would think potentially someone like a Steve Laurie would actually be fit to go across and just take over that sort of forward role. If if you're seeing that as that pipeline, y- yeah, I suppose though someone like him has never had any professional coaching experience. Yeah, but you only get professional coaching experience from getting. Lower yeah, but, to your job. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, but yeah, no, of course. But you could go in as assistant forwards coach or yeah. skills coach or something, you know, something a bit lower down the pecking order, and then work your way up. Fair, but I, I think they'll get Dave Rennie's like got a mate in Manawatu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'll fuck someone out of that way. Yeah, <laughs> like, fine. I'm like unknown mitre ten coach. Yeah, he's <laughs> come good, over he's, and get the job. Yeah, really good. <laughs> well, that is all the news. But I'm just going to finish up with um, a couple bits of. Uh, correspondence thanks a lot for all your emails guys it's the thistle rugby at gmail.com so please do get in touch this one came through last week from listener matthew sumption he says hi lads just wanted to say how much i've enjoyed listening to the pod over the last month i've just had to take time out of my master's studies due to issues with my mental health and discovering this enjoyable romp through scottish rugby every week is just the tonic i needed to help me in my recovery I've listened extensively to the back catalogue of fearful optimism and par quality chat and top quality quizzes whilst road cycling in the gym and before counselling sessions. And I hope that this doesn't make it too sentimental to say that it's made a real positive difference to me um, in what has been a tough month or so. Edinburgh being top of their European group doesn't hurt either. Keep it up. You've earned a loyal listener, even though Chris Dean isn't my favourite centre yet. <laughs> so you were doing very well right up until there, Matt. Yeah. You know, Chris Dean is obviously the best centre in Scotland. <laughs> um, thanks very much for that. Really appreciate um, you riding in and hope um, 2019's uh, Your Road to Recovery keeps coming and we will keep bringing um, fearful optimism about Scottish rugby to help you through that. <laughs> so thanks a lot for, um, for getting in touch. Um, right, so shall we get um, into the 1872 then? Yeah, let's do it. Matt, you were there. I was, yeah. You had really low down seats, but you were very close to Duhan <laughs> van der Merwe. Well, yeah, nice. I was a bit gutted when we sort of, you figure out where your seats are and you're four from the front. But it was actually quite a good place to watch it um, from. And particularly, I think from that angle, the height of Henry Purgus's box kicks was magnified. They are <laughs> ridiculous. It looked every single time like it was literally going out of the stadium or going into touch at least. And then how many beers? How many beers down. did you have? I had a few. I had a few <laughs> bottles of tenants. Paid, that, for, paid for by card. 
Oh, very good. Um, so obviously, if you did not see it, I'm sure if you're listening to us, you were tuned in or at the 1872 yesterday. That was Edinburgh winning 23 points to seven. Two tries from big Duhan van der Merwe with van der Waal adding the extras. Um, Glasgow's try coming from Pete Horn and a conversion from Adam Hastings, who I am sure we will come on to talk about his performance as we go. Starting off on Edinburgh have now won six of the past eight 1872 Cups. What went wrong for Glasgow? Uh, I think we sort of talked about it last week that whatever team kind of uh, forced their style of play on the game was going to win. Mm, yeah. And that was an Edinburgh style of game. Oh, yes. Very, like, set-piece dominated, pretty turgid affair, kind of quite a few unforced errors. Mm. And Edinburgh's pack just were always going to win that arm wrestle. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think... And I also... I, I still think this is important that that game means a little bit more to the Edinburgh players. I even think... In some certain situations, you look at McAnally and Gilchrist and how they really celebrate every single little mm. thing. Yeah. And I just I just don't feel you get that from some of the Glasgow players. I wonder if Glasgow think that their like real competition are now the likes of Saracens or yeah. in the in the Champions Cup or Leinster in the Pro Fourteen, that those are sort of the big games. Um But I, just, I, th- I think it was just you know, if if you can stop Glasgow getting that quick ball, cut them off at source, put pressure on ten and twelve in particular. Yeah, you don't have to do that much to win. Like Edinburgh didn't really sort of you know force a lot of play or create any chances really. No. Well, it was interesting. The first ten minutes, Edinburgh had all of the ball pretty much in or around Glasgow's twenty-two, and they were pretty much doing one-up runs or just like they were trying to crash it up, and they weren't creating anything. No. Like they were not getting in behind. They weren't asking yeah. any questions of the defence. It's interesting that the two Edinburgh tries were interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually think outside of the Doohan break, which yeah. kind of led to the Callum Gibbons yellow card, there, there really wasn't very much. I think Jacko van der Volt had one little break and then there was a mm, Kinghorn yeah. offload. But yeah, for the, the you're right. Edinburgh weren't going to create four tries, like th- two or three, four tries. No, but... You know that was the tactics. That was the approach to the match. You know, let's keep it tight, cut them off, cut off Glasgow at source. I think tactically it made perfect sense. Progress box kicking. I mean, you said Jakob Devault passed the ball only eight times. Yeah, I mean <laughs> like, we were looking at the stats earlier. So eight you know, times, Jakob van Devault passed the ball eight times. I think Henry Pergos was like plus fifty. Yeah, but yeah. They, they would have we were just know, pretty direct, much all been to forwards or points direct, and he nine, kicked yeah. it a lot. Yeah, but Perkins' kicking as it was was excellent. It was really good. So it just yeah, felt to me that it makes sense. Edinburgh's pack was just absolutely bad. like we were talking when Adam Ash came off after sixty minutes. I think we looked at each other and we were in the pub and just said, "I didn't know he was playing." And he struggled Adam, to assert himself. For he sure. didn't, he, and that's a guy who's really been like playing at the top of his game yeah. for the start of this season, really influencing games for Glasgow. And mm. he was he was nowhere. Whereas yeah. you had, I had a look this morning. Hamish Watson made twenty carries. You got like Bill Matter making like fifteen plus. Yeah. Like you just felt that Edinburgh were just had so much more. And I feel as well. Watson really proved his value at the breakdown. Yeah. Whereas Glasgow just couldn't seem to get a foothold there. Like they didn't seem to have a. I suppose in that back row they don't really have a fetcher. They're no. all fairly similar players. Yeah. Um. As Watson obviously can carry, but he is very good over the ball as well. Um. I suppose you've got some like Chris Chris Osario is probably the closest to that, but he's obviously sat on the bench. I guess you look at the balance of that Edinburgh back row. Watson did really have 
he was kind of let loose to try and do Jackal yeah. a lot. Yeah. Kind of Hamilton does a lot of the dirty work. He can do a little bit more kind of carrying in and around. Then Massa just kind of the like. You... Hamilton's been good since he's replaced Richie. He has to be fair. Like, he's done his role really well. Yeah, he has. What do, you, what do you make of Glasgow's performance on the other side? Like, what do you think it was that went wrong? I guess if we sort of work back, start with the front row, and specifically <laughs> set piece. Yeah. I think... They're terrible. I, I st- the, the showman had the nuke on toast. What a great sentence that is. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I still don't fully understand why they took Darcy Ray out. Because even when Darcy Ray came on, that yeah. scrum yeah. became much more solid. And then, you know, Grant Stewart, again in the scrum, isn't the biggest guy in the world. And at line-out time as well, mm. they were struggling yeah. to execute basically yeah, every single line most of the line-outs. I think Grant Stewart has an awful lot of potential and I think he will go on to be a very good player. He, I don't think it just shows that there is a massive fall-off between the level that George Turner and Fraser Bryan were operating at for Glasgow yeah. and what yeah. they've got below that. Yeah, for sure. But then mm-hmm. I, I think even front row and then you look at second row, they were just a bit smarter. Mm. Like Grant Gilchrist was just making tackle after tackle. Even at, in malls, BBT was just sort of wrapping them up. Like yeah. It just felt like they were operating at a slightly higher kind yeah, of level definitely. to their sort of Glasgow teammates. I, I kind of felt as well that Glasgow, it was kind of like watching Scotland in the Six Nations last year against Wales. That, you know, they've got a plan, they're trying to execute it, it doesn't work. It's sort of like, you know, Russell and Hastings, quite similarly. Yeah. Try and force it. Having Pete Horn outside you and Nick Gregg, you've not really got like a carrying option that can just settle things down and you've not got really a big ball carrier there. I suppose you've got Matt Ferguson, but he struggled to really sort of make his mark on the game. And then that, that's what kind of leads to those interceptions. I think. I think there's kind of two parts of that. One is they maybe don't have the types of players to even have a plan B, but it kind of feels in comparison to Edinburgh who have McAnally, Gilchrist, Watson, Pergos, who are all appear to be quite strong leaders. Yeah. I just don't know who has that role for Glasgow because I don't think Stuart Hogg does that. It's hard to do it from fullback as well. Yeah. I suppose you've got, I mean, it's Pete Horn's 150th appearance. Yeah. But. And I guess he's he's only like recently really sort of like solidified his position in that team, I'd say. Yeah. And then you've got, yeah, Horn and Hastings inside him. And I guess if you look at that pack specifically. I know Johnny Grace had a year as captain as Glasgow, mm. but obviously now isn't captain. Yeah. And even in that back row, it doesn't feel like, you know, Callum Gibbons is sort of co-captain, but he's not the same sort of persona, I feel, as like a McAnally or yeah. a Gilchrist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's very like a quiet lead by example sort mm. of person. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's why, maybe they were missing Ryan Wilson a little bit. Possibly. I think he'll come in next week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're going to have to change that up. Should we talk about Adam Hastings' night at the races? I mean, we've said this before, he's Finn Russell, like, times two. Like, <laughs> I don't, this is going to happen, and we're yeah. just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. It was the... The first pass was probably unlucky. In the, it, yeah. It was, it was, it, trying it to go was for, on, I think. It, it was, was... Yeah, and he was going for a little slip pass. The second one was essentially an assist. Four like, pass. It was a four pass, it was That ridiculous. was the real... That just summed up, like, Glasgow trying things and then forcing it, because they couldn't get yeah. anywhere and then actually the the third thing not it's not Hastings related but how embarrassing was Tommy Seymour's attempted at tackle on um, um, Duhan 
Van der Merwe on the on, on the far side. Yeah, Mate, it, was, it was it was like schoolboy level. <laughs> it was like me trying to tackle somebody. I was just like, I'm not I'm not interested. In that. Uh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Seymour didn't have the best of games either. I, I think Seymour maybe just like it felt to me that Glasgow just didn't care that much. And maybe that's just because they were just, getting because Edinburgh were battering them. Yeah, but maybe it's because they're twenty points top of twenty points a- ahead in their conference. Munster lost yesterday. Edinburgh needed a win way more than Glasgow did. I, it, well, I was going to say it's a it's a good outcome overall for it's a good, good Scottish out, rugby. Good outcome for Scottish rugby. Like, Glasgow didn't really need that win. <laughs> yeah, but I can't imagine that was the conversation like pre. They yeah, picked no, pick their best team as well. I don't. But that's fine. But I mean, like, I think imagine you still have to get up for it a couple of days before Christmas. Like they've they've done the job in Europe. They've had those two big wins against Lyon. Those would have been ones that mentally they were they've been Munster shaping have, themselves up for. Munster have lost the day before. Takes the pressure off. That's true. They lost to Ulster, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So like, oh, come on. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I I'm can't. Not... Yeah, no. Maybe that's what it seemed like. But I just, I don't know. That's that. And maybe it's the, maybe I'm being it's unfair because Edinburgh put them under so much pressure, and that's why they played so badly. But mm. it seemed to me that they just couldn't be asked. I do think, especially that kind of the centres and wings for Edinburgh did a very good job, both in terms of just general kick chase, yeah, and not giving like Hog Seymour or DTH any room to do anything. Mm. Like I do think, you know, I think Dean and johnston do work very well together mm. and i actually think also in defense they were pushing up really hard he said putting pressure on the 10 and 12 yeah Although what i'm trying to say is christine was man of the match <laughs> <laughs> i thought darcy graham was quietly impressive again he didn't really get many chances with the ball but yeah he's just got like as we talked about such a great attitude he gets yeah. involved makes his makes big tackles actually yeah for a small guy yeah he's brilliant he's been impressive he's been really 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 good so an interesting stat about you know obviously Duhan van der Merwe had his sort of two two tries plus mm. you know yeah. that break past Tommy Seymour. He's made he's forty defenders beaten, so he's getting a minimum of four per game this season in the Pro Fourteen, wow. and that's ten. It's basically ten more than any other player in the Pro Fourteen. Really, and for a player who, to be honest, doesn't try to get as involved well, as yeah. much as other wingers, I'm yeah. surprised he does that much. Yeah, he just seems to get on the end of stuff. He's a good finisher. Yeah, fair play. He's. Uh, yeah, I think that Seymour thing. He's he's just very good at getting past the first man. Do you remember when Edinburgh announced his signature and everyone was literally <laughs> like, "Good one." Who cares? Who is this guy? He's yeah. from Montpellier, wasn't he? Yeah, it's like, like a, he's like a Moneyball signing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> I hope he doesn't play so well that South Africa are actually like he's quite good. Yeah, maybe we'll, we need him to be good enough. Yeah. That he, we want him to fly stay under, play the, for fly under the radar, but not so good that South Africa identify that he's really good. There's kind of quite a lot of players in the Scotland setup like that. Like, I do think Ollie Kebble could do a very he could start for a Super Rugby team. Yeah, definitely, hundred yeah, percent, and Schumann as well. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Schumann was good. That was one of his best games actually. Yeah, he's so up close. He is so big, uh, scarily big, unbelievable. Yeah. Well. But yeah, I think we again we talked about it last week, and it just goes back. It's that Edinburgh pack just were smarter and wanted mm. it more. Yeah, and that and pl- them plus Pergos basically dictated that. Yeah, whole, that Pergos played very well. And what do we reckon about next week? Do you think it'll just home advantage count? Glasgow get the win. I mean, you know, as we said, Glasgow haven't lost in the Pro Fourteen at home 
in a year and a half. Mm. So you've got to be you've got to be backing them hard. They've only dropped two bonus points. It's cost them. Yeah, yeah. And I also think off the back of that, I think almost the manner of defeat will yeah will spark something spark in something yeah, a bit yeah, more. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, I think you've got to be looking at a Glasgow yeah. win next week. I think it'll be close though. Yeah, I think it'll be close. I think Edinburgh could win it. The thing about Scotland so as well I. is it's, it's like a pretty narrow pitch yeah, if you think about it, it compared to Murrayfield. Them. should suit them. Yeah. Do you think Edinburgh will make any changes? With Richie maybe back? Yeah. Is he back from injury? I'm not sure. I, I Apart from that, though, I... I don't know why you wouldn't. Roll, I, up, roll yeah, it on. Particularly in the pack. That's a winning team. Yeah. The same team that beat Newcastle. Mm. It feels like in the backs, the only one that might be up for contention is Hickey or Jacko, but... Jacko had a pretty good game. He's pretty solid. And, yeah. So, no. The one, one other thing I wanted to talk about was um, the uh, Kinghorn following through on the kick and putting the put, dropping the uh, like the shoulder into Hog. Quite liked it. I yeah, loved it. I liked it. I, was, I loved the little niggle that he gave him. Yeah. I think that's also the exact sort of thing Hog would have done when he was like 20, 21 yeah. as well. I found a video the other day of um, an old 1872 cup where it was Tom Brown was like tackled Stuart Hogg into touch and yeah. they had like a little Barney and then they like threw each other over the hoardings and oh, it was it really? was great yeah they both got carded oh. and it, it was awesome like, it was so good who's laughing now well yeah that's why I'd love to see the uh, the Kinghorn's just like getting in his grill I bet Hogg wasn't expecting that though no I bet Hogg gets really like deferential treatment do you think Hogg sees him as a competitor do you think, or do you think he's like Kinghorn's the winger now no, for I, Scotland, I think Seymour would see him more as a winger. Yeah, there is not, there is no realm where Hogg is not going to be starting a fullback exactly. in the World Cup. I think Hogg could have a shocking Six Nations. Oh yeah, and he's just got so he's much. Undroppable. He's yeah. got so much credit in the There's bank. There's no way. But I think Seymour will be a little bit worried about mm. Kinghorn. Also, I love the thing about Kinghorn is immediately after doing it, he sort of went to like really like overly apologise, but you could tell. His eyes, he, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. He, definitely, <laughs> he definitely knew what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Well, we'll come back um, and we'll speak to you in the new year about how the, the second leg goes. Yeah. But why about a little Christmas 1872 cup quiz? Yes, please. I'm going to cover, I'm not, I'm going to be the quiz master this week because usually I'm so bad in the quiz. <laughs> I think people are tired of just hearing me going, I've got no idea. Supposedly, I've just been told all the Edinburgh lads were in fingers last night celebrating. Were they? Yeah. Good for them. And my brother ruffled Simon Hickey's hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm sure Simon Hickey remembers it as well as your brother. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, right, question one. You guys ready to go? Yeah. And this is courtesy of um, listener Kevin Miller. Thank you very much for doing this. And because it's a quiz from somebody else, these, these answers are probably correct. Although the first <laughs> question is a bit funny. In which season was the first 1872 cup match played? I actually know this. I Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming that it's not like 1872. 1872. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got to go. So in no which season idea. was the first 1872 cup match played? I wish I hadn't said that now because I forget it wrong. I'm like an idiot. I have no idea. Question two. Which side won the very first 1872 cup? Now, I presume that means the one in 1872. Oh, right. I've got no idea because... It's, the first question says the first 1872 cup. Well, I mean, you've got right. a 50-50 chance, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> question three, which player is featured in the most 1872 cup matches? It's 18 appearances for this person. It's one, one player. One person, 18 appearances. 
Okay. I'm rattling through this quite long. Question four. Which player has scored the most tries in 1872 Cup matches? Seven tries for this individual. Happy with that? Do you want me to go back over any so far? No, it's fine. Um, question... This is, this is hard. Question five. 224 players have featured in 1872 Cup matches since it was first introduced. Only six of those men have played for both Edinburgh and Glasgow in this fixture. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, six people. We're going to name six. Six people. Have, okay. um, I'll give you a point for each, yeah. So six people have played in, uh, for Glasgow and Edinburgh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. the final question. Um, I think this was, this was obviously designed with Matt and me in mind. So, Alan, you're going to have to get used to that, I'm afraid. First question, part, part one of question six. Name three players called Matt who have played in the 1872 Cup. And then there's also... You can name three players called David who have played in the 1872 cap. There are one, two, three, four, five mats. Five. Five mats and six Davids. Six Davids? Six Davids. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Have a bit of a thing, lads. How many, have you got any Daves? I've got two. I've got one definite, one... Uh... No, got, yeah. There I... are some... There's some big, there's some fairly big names in the Davids and the Mats. I got three Mats. Yeah, I've got three, but I think my third one's wrong. Should we go back to the start then? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go. All right, okay. Answers. Question one: Which season was the first 1872 Cup match played? Matt, what have we got? 2012. I said 0708 season. 0708 is correct. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Why have we got 2012? <laughs> And which side won the very first 1872 Cup? Said Edinburgh. Glasgow. It was Glasgow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which player has featured in the most 1872 Cups? 18 times four? I said Al Kellogg. That's incorrect. Matt? I said Gilchrist. It was your man, Ross Ford. I I put Ross Ford initially. Ford more years. How many more will he get? Um... Which player has scored the most tries in 1872 Cup? Seven tries for... Seymour. Incorrect. I put Simon Webster. Also incorrect. Uh, Tim Visser. Oh, that oh. was my other show. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> this is great, being the quiz master. I know. It's so <laughs> it's much so, power. So much more enjoyable than doing the quiz. Um, 
Okay, so 224 players have featured in the 1872 Cup since it was first introduced. Six of them have played for both teams. Do you guys want to go turn about on this? Yeah. Go on, Matt. Lee Jones. Lee Jones, correct. Henry Pergos. Henry Pergos is correct. Uh, said Pergos. Uh, Kevin Bryce. Incorrect. Um, George Turner. George Turner, correct. Uh, Alex Allen. Incorrect. What? Fraser Brown. Incorrect. Are there any more? Yep. Three more? Yep. Um, there's four. You guys have got what? Lee Jones, Pergos, and Turner. Yeah, three to come. Yeah. Ross Ford? No. <laughs> He's never been the, the answer to everything. <laughs> Should I give you them? You're gonna yeah, no, yeah. give us give us uh, a hint. Yeah, give us some clues. Um one of them has been on the podcast. Mark Bennett. Correct. <laughs> um one of them is probably one of our most talked about people ever on the podcast. Doesn't play in Scotland anymore. Barkley. No. No, he hasn't. Doesn't come on, the king. The king. King Pudding. Oh, Duncan oh. Ware. <laughs> Duncan Ware. And then the final one, born in New Zealand. Played for Scotland. Metcalf. <laughs> Gives a bit more than that. It's quite a few then. Scrum half. Friends with Adam Ash. Oh, Grace, oh Grace Grayson Hart. Hart. Grayson Hart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. Okay, now give me your, your Matt's and your David's. That have played in the 1872 Cup. We should go one for one. I've got, yep. Starting with Matt. I've got Matt Scott. Correct. Matt Fagerson. Correct. I've got Matt Smith. Correct. And I had Matt Fagerson as well. And Matt Muschin. Matt Muschin. That's nice. I it's like that. very good. The final Matt is a Matt Shields. Oh, he was a prop. The, he was like a for Edinburgh. injury cover prop they signed last year when they had no props. There you go. You got all the Matt's. All okay. five Matt's. Six Davids to come. Do you want to start? David Denton. Correct. Dave Cherry. Correct. Oh, very nice. David Blair. Correct. Dave Callum. Correct. Oh, that's huge. <laughs> I'm... What we got left? I'm out. That's all I've got. Um, I'm done. David Young. Prop. For Edinburgh. Prop. And David Lemmy for Glasgow. Uh, I forgot he played. Yeah. That was yeah. good. That was good. So there you go. I've, I actually wasn't keeping score. Draw. Okay. I was going to give it to you, but I'll take the draw. Maybe the winner was the friends we made along the way. That's fair. That was good. Um, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Kevin Miller, for sending that in. I think that was a higher quality quiz than you can usually expect around these parts. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for that. Uh, right, so that is 1872 Part 1 all done. We'll be back, as we say, in the new year to talk about the second game and how that has gone. Um, earlier this morning, we spoke to... Scotland sevens player Robbie Ferguson who's told us all about how the squad has got on in the first two um, tournaments of the series in Cape Town and Dubai so here he is now so delighted to be joined online by Scotland sevens uh, player Robbie Ferguson Robbie how are you yeah very well thank you nice to be on yeah good man uh, and uh, do you get a bit of time off over Christmas or is it still sort of heavy training schedule with the tournaments coming up um, well, we just came back from obviously Dubai and Cape Town there, so we had we flew back and we go back on the Tuesday, so we had the rest of that week off, and then we've been in all this week, quite a tough week, just conditioning and things like that before Christmas, and now we're off till the third of January and the build up to um, the New Zealand and Australia legs. So we've got a little bit of time off from now to the third, which is quite nice over Christmas and stuff. But 
um, yeah, it's still been fairly full on. We've still got a training programme and stuff, but yeah, a little bit of time off, which is nice. Good stuff. Uh, and how have you guys found the season so far, obviously, with uh, Dubai and, and Cape Town doing doing pretty well? What have been your, your thoughts so far? Um, well, we kind of went into the tournament where, like, once, like set ourselves goals of like quarterfinals as sort of our minimum standard. So we were um, pretty happy to have made two quarterfinals. That's the first time in sort of my time with the sevens that we've managed back-to-back quarterfinals like that, which is a really good thing. But um, I think there was a bit of feeling of frustration just um, out the back of the quarterfinals, not being able to really kick on in day two and get a win in one of these quarterfinals and try and get to semi-final. I think we were quite close against South Africa um, South Africa, which would have been amazing if we could have turned them over there, but mm. um, there's a little bit of frustration. But yeah, we're happy with how it starts so far. And how um, how does it feel to be picked as sort of co-captain at the start of the season? Obviously, you've only had one kind of real season of Scotland sevens under your belt when um, you got asked for the gig. Um, yeah, it's a massive honour. Like caps in your country, like any sort of levels, a massive honour. So especially to do it with the sevens team. Um, alongside Jamie, who's a bit of a Sevens legend, so it's a little bit daunting to begin with, because like you say, I've only had one real full season of Sevens under the belt, but um, that's a massive honour and I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. And and speaking of, of Jamie Farndale, how how much grief did he get in the changing room after dropping the ball over the line <laughs> against, against Fiji, or was he a bit of a you know sorry soul? Oh, he was very sorry for, uh, <laughs> for the next hour or so until the France game, but... Um, yeah, he didn't take much stick until we made the quarterfinals, and then once we once we managed to draw with France and guarantee a quarterfinal, he took a little bit of, a little bit of stick after that. And then any time he tries to give anyone some jip uh, in the WhatsApp WhatsApp group, there's a few screenshots of what people have said get flung in about him, which is quite good value. And then obviously you still got Scott Riddle in the squad. Is it good having him there? As sort of, I think he's probably most caps of any Scotland sevens player ever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and no, Riddle is great. Like. That sort of, especially from a leadership point of view, he's great. Like advice on the pitch, like reviewing things, stuff like that. It's kind of invaluable. He's almost like a, a player coach, and when he's on the field, it's it's really good to have him there as well. So now he's he's a great asset for the team. And is he still good at um, what's the phrase, getting the puggy up before games? Oh, oh Riddler loves the puggy. Yeah, he loves it. <laughs> he's on. He's still mad on mad on the tunes and on the caffeine. Riddler loves the puggy. Like, <laughs> so tell us uh, tell us what's up next. What are the next um, couple of tournaments coming up? Um, so we are off to they've actually changed it we're off to New Zealand next so the Hamilton tournament which has moved from Wellington it was actually really really good last year um, I think the tournament in Wellington used to be one of the best everyone said but I think it died off and they moved it to Hamilton um, and it was mental last year the crowd was unbelievable so that's a great one and then from there we fly on to Sydney um, and play the Sydney tournament as well which again is really really good it's quite, quite hot there but um, another, another good tournament so now that's where we're off to next so looking forward to that and obviously last year, or sorry, this year, you were in Australia with the Scotland team at the Commonwealth Games. How was, uh, how was that, kind of having an opening ceremony and just sort of being camp for that sort of multi-sport event? Um, well, it was, it was a little bit different because there was the Hong Kong tournament prior to it, so we sort of missed the opening ceremony, all that sort of stuff. It's just a case of um, <laughs> we flew in towards the end of the game. I think the 7th was the last weekend of the, the Commonwealth Games, so we flew in that week. And uh, it was a great experience. That's my first experience for a sort of multi-sport event like that. And it was it was really good. Like the closing ceremony was great fun as well. Like different athletes all like um, sort of train differently. You speak to them, and then everyone sort of letting their hair down. And the closing ceremony was it was good fun. And and what what are the you mentioned sort of you know minimum quarterfinals is the aim. Is that, is that still what you're sort of taking into these tournaments coming up? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. So, well, we said we're going to have a little bit of a chat about it because I think we maintain quarterfinals as minimum standard. Like, we've got to really try and stick with that. If we're getting 10 points a tournament, that would be would be equaling almost like 100 points. That would be a really, really good outcome for us over the course of the season. But obviously there's times you won't you won't hit that sort of uh, quarterfinal, it might have, might have in whatever tournament. But So we'd like to kick on from a quarterfinal, make a semi, make a final, just... Put yourself, we're giving ourselves the opportunities to do that, but um, like I said before, it's still a little bit frustrating. Little things are just such big margins in seven. And um, in terms of quite a few sort of new faces in the sevens teams this year, who who do you think sort of stepped up in those sort of first two um, sevens weekends? Um, I thought Sam Pure was excellent through Dubai and uh, Cape Town. He's really stepped up. So a guy coming out of the club game that John sort of brought in from Melrose and. Uh, he's, he was really really good I thought Jamie obviously got injured day two in Cape Town I thought Sam stepped up and played really really well um, and also Kyle Stane coming into the programme yeah. still relatively new to seven like, but he's a big athlete you can see when he gets scored in the sevens field he's so difficult to stop so I think with experience he's only going to get better and better as well How how uh, how Scottish is he sounding now? Is his accent changing at all? Well he actually he lives with me so uh, oh, really? he's back in <laughs> South Africa at the minute but uh, yeah, I give him quite a lot of heat. We, uh, his fashion sense in particular, he gets a lot of heat for that. He's a, he's got a strange fashion sense, but his accent's still fairly South African at the minute. But I hope I'm rubbing off on him. <laughs> Do you want to just sort of give us a bit of background on your sort of 15s career? Obviously, you spent a lot of time at Air, kind of um, had had a sort of one or two games for Glasgow, and then up at London Scottish for a, a year or two. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, I'm an Air boy, so I played all the way through from the minis and then. Broke into the air first 15 when I think six, uh, 16, 17 I was. And I played my first game for the first 15 and then loved loved my time at air. And out the back of that, ended up getting an academy contract with Glasgow um, four years ago. Cause it was just during the World Cup. So it was a good opportunity to for me. I, I got some game time because boys were away and things like that. Um, and then once boys came back from the World Cup, it was the, obviously there's so many boys contracting the pro team um, with a lot of good centres in the squad. So... I got put on loan to London Scottish, which was meant to be like a four-week, five-week type thing with George Horn. Um, and then the way it worked out, me and George ended up staying down there for the full full season. And then out the back of that, I ended up signing for the following season with London Scottish and really enjoyed my time down in London playing there. And then obviously, um, John DL came down as a coach and the opportunity arrived with the Sevens and I thought, it's a good gateway for me to get back into the Scottish Scottish system and hopefully try and get back to some 15s at some point in the future. Is is that, is that the plan then? Is that what you would sort of like like to do in the future, sort of make that switch back to full-time 15s? Um, yeah, definitely. I'm loving sevens, and I think it's really developing me um, in certain areas, but the, the aim for me would be to get back into 15s at some point in the future. I'm really, really keen to do that. I've actually not played a game of 15s now in so long. I'm actually quite be quite to play a game but um, definitely I'm sort of seeing it as a way to get back into 15s playing in the 7s but like I say at the minute I'm loving playing in the 7s team I think if you look at someone like George Horn who's obviously had that 7 season and it feels like that's really helped sort of transition into sort of the professional 15s game yeah absolutely There's, George is a great example and then even guys like James Johnson at the minute mm, yeah. Chris Deans played 7s like you can see it like a lot of these guys I've played sevens and they've went through to fifteens and are doing really, really well. So um hopefully hopefully I can get a little shot at doing that as well. And then obviously you said you were um your air born and bred, you know, air doing yeah. doing pretty well this season and obviously 
getting ready for sort of the Super Six next year. How um, how do you think Air Air are going to do for sort of the rest of the season? And you know, how excited are people down there for the Super Six in general? Uh, Air obviously, I went down and watched quite a few games, so they started the season absolutely flying, and then the last yeah. last few while has been a few rocky few rocky results, but. There was a huge performance against Melrose, beating Melrose down in the Green Yard was always a massive thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're a great team as well, Melrose. So I can see Air kicking on. I can well, I can only really see being an Air Melrose final. I think mm. for the for the club game, um, and I think they're two of the teams that'll do really well at the back of the Super Six. I think Air's got a good infrastructure set up behind the scenes, a great academy program, a great women's team, a good youth section all the way through, which is which is really important for this Super Six thing as well. So now I think the infrastructure's all there for Air. And um, they're looking at like a new ground and things like that as well. So no, I think they'll kick on and do really well at the back of the Super Six. Absolutely great. And I guess one of the questions we always ask people, and you know, you've done a lot of travelling with the Sevens. So, who has been your worst roommate um, whilst with the Scotland Sevens team or with sort of age group rugby? Oh, my worst roommate's easy. That's Max. Max McFarlane. Oh, really? He's awful. Snores, <laughs> steals your kit. Like he'll he'll rock up the train wearing your clothes. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a nightmare and he snores the whole time as well absolutely great well awesome. look thanks very much for coming on the pod and um, look oh no problem good luck with uh, Hamilton and Sydney yeah thanks very much for having me guys thanks a lot cheers. mate Merry Christmas see ya yeah have a good one cheers yeah Merry Christmas guys great to hear from Robbie there um, sounds like they've had a pretty decent start to the season couple of quarterfinals just losing to the big teams Fiji and um, New Zealand and South Africa and stuff like that how do you guys think they'll kick on for the rest of the season? Just one thing. They did actually lose to Spain in South Africa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did watch that. <laughs> well, um, maybe that's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think they're in a good place. I think like that, that minimum quarterfinal standard is just such shows the progress they've made from yeah. like, even five years ago when the Sevens team were a bit of a joke. Like, and about to get cut. Well, yeah, exactly. They just they weren't, you know, washing their face. And I think it's, you know, there's that level above of, like, South Africa, New Zealand in particular, Fiji, maybe even England, yeah. who they will struggle against. Yeah. But I think they can beat anyone else, and they've, they've proven that they can still... I don't know if they've... They've never beaten Fiji, have they? I don't uh, think so, don't... Yeah. They definitely did in the... <laughs> Steve Laurie on the Property Rugby Club was saying oh, they really? beat them in the, the final at Murrayfield, sort of, back in, like... 2010 or something oh right okay no well, well anyway but no I think they're, they seem to be in a good place yeah I think you're right I also think getting those early kind of quarterfinals mm. makes a massive impact because obviously how you perform in the prior event yeah. impacts your ranking in the future yeah. event so it's almost like if you start off badly that can kind of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> build, build up and it makes it harder to come back from mm. so yeah obviously getting that quarter those quarterfinal results, ju- literally just losing to South Africa in South Africa, yeah, yeah. which is sort of a really, really good result. Mm. And I think, we sort of talked about it previously, but I think last year, obviously Scott Riddle's last year's captain, it felt it was like it was a bit of a transition year. Yeah, mm-hmm. appointing two young co-captains as well to sort of lead that. Yeah, and I think you've had people like Robbie Ferguson and yeah. like Harvey Elms, people who yeah. have come in last year, probably took a few tournaments to kind of get up to speed yeah. and are now actually kind of starting to kind of stamp their authority on games mm-hmm. and Robbie talked about it there he's looking to make that return to 15 do you think that the sevens program is beginning to sort of prove its worth as a sort of development tool for the ultimate for like the 15s game in the Scotland national side or do you think it's still got a long way to go 
I think it just depends on the player. I think like obviously George Horn has opportunity and, and took it. Yeah. Um there's maybe a few young guys in that in that team who'd be looking to get full fifteens contracts eventually. Yeah. It's it's a difficult one because you obviously have to balance that with having seven specialists who you can roll it every week yeah. and trust to perform. Um but I mean even like you know, Darcy Graham had a wee shot at it and it seemed to be pretty good for him. So yeah. I think it's nice just to kind of you can like occasionally drip feed some younger guys in who maybe aren't getting game time at the pro at the pro clubs. I guess it'd be a bit of a question mark about whether the pro sorry, the club game is a high enough standard to kind of set you up for kind of yeah. professional rugby. And maybe more so for backs, but whether they've sort of you could see that as a as a better kind of stepping stone into that game for people like George Horn and Darcy Graham, like yeah. you said. Rather than them maybe playing for like Hoyk week in, week out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe Super 6 will change that a little mm, bit. Because mm. actually now that it comes to a slightly higher standard, there's less of a yeah. need to kind of get that exposure. But I suppose it's good to hear from someone like Robbie Ferguson, who is on a full-time sevens contract, that 15s is still in his thoughts. Yeah, definitely. And that, that clearly is a, an option that's been probably presented to him by the SRU, Yeah, I'd like to think. I just think it was, again, someone like, obviously, Robbie Ferguson, who's only been in, in it for a year and has been now co-captain yeah it's obviously a pretty like big statement that um yeah you know obviously farndale's coming in it's got that real experience and it feels like farndale is a little bit transitioning into that kind of scott riddle-esque figure probably who's going to be sort of that seven specialist but i think we've seen from like particularly richard cockrell in the last year or so being like wait what are all these sevens people doing they're meant to be playing for pro teams like i want them and, yeah you know like i think farndale played a couple of games james yeah. johnson as well like it's yeah, yeah, well, I quite well, like seeing that. I guess you said you look at the Edinburgh backline now: Christine, James Johnson, and Darcy Graham. Yeah, and Blair Kinghorn. Kinghorn played, played a, a couple of tournaments. Dougie yeah. Fife played a lot of sevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, it was like Dougie Fife's way back into the program. So what we're saying is we need Jack Cuthbert back in a fifteen shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he's still the seven. He's still in the sevens yeah, squad. It's ridiculous. Slash Harriet's, isn't he? Yeah, he's their one pro this year that they've used. Yeah, Jack Cuthbert. <laughs> <laughs> I almost think you should more back row players should be getting stuck into sevens. Yeah. And maybe maybe it's just not, it wasn't the right timing. It feels like someone like a Jamie Ritchie could be a good forward sevens player. The sort of player mm. I'd like to actually yeah. see play sevens. Yeah. I think that, that Mungo Mason guy who's seems to have come over from New Zealand, who's a back row, is in the seven squad at the moment. Yeah. Or in the wider squad at least. Yeah. No, interesting to see. Interesting to see. And we will keep in touch with the Sevens guys um, after their next sort of round of tournaments. We'll get someone back on. Yeah, it'd be good to try and like post every two legs, try and get someone yeah. on. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Uh, really nice to hear from them all and best of luck to them. So the final segment of the year, should we have a look back at the year that was and gift, give out some gifts? The year that was. The year that was. Should we give out a standout player of the year? The, yeah. the accolade that everyone's mm. waiting for, essentially. Alan, do you want to give us your, your player of the year? Why don't you start us off? The prince that was promised. The Christine player of the year. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Drops the mic and walks out. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's pretty hard to look past anyone other than Stu McAnally, to be fair. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, he's gone from, I mean, it's a little bit of a year and a half, but he's gone from being almost like a bit part Edinburgh player yep. to being probably... You know, Edinburgh captain, Scotland captain, and probably one of the top three most important players for both club and country. One of the best hookers in the world, I'd say. And yeah, well, I think it's I put I think him and Fraser Brown are in top five or six hookers in the world. Mm. Um, you love Fraser Brown. 
oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think having McAnally and Brown there just when you compare it to the ten years of Ross Ford slash plus, Scott Lawson slash Dougie Hall, yeah, plus another, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great place to be. And uh, no, McAnally, yeah, he was going to be my one as well. Was he, Matt? What have you got? Um, I was going to have George Horn. I think just yeah. for like. Just coming in as a breath of fresh air, just being a really exciting player to watch. He's still got stuff to learn, but you know, from where once again, like the journey he's been on in the last year, yeah, from sort of like fringes of the Glasgow team, getting a shot, really taking it. It's, he's been awesome. Like actual, yeah, as I say, like just pleasure to watch. Yeah, that first that first half against Argentina in the summer will live long in the memory. Yeah, that kind like, of thing. Just yeah, be, just exci- like, exciting. Something that Scotland have never done or not been able to do in decades yeah like yeah. that sort of high level is yeah. quite incredible I'm trying to think of any other sort of honourable mentions but yeah I mean Adam Hastings in that same sort of bracket I think yeah. if you're going to chart those two sort of rise he's done definitely the, worth did, a mention if we done the awards pre half five yesterday yeah Might yeah exactly <laughs> I think very quietly Sean Maitland's gone from being someone yeah we, I was we, thinking we, that yeah, the other day that's a great show. we might see is oh is he actually going to start to now being like he is so important to that yeah. that Scotland World Cup team. Yeah, yep. definitely. And he's as even close to being like Hogg. It's mm. hard to see how he doesn't start the big yeah. games at the World Cup. I think Hamish Watson's also had an excellent season yeah. for club and country. Yeah, he's been. He only played just plays so well in big games. Yeah, which is quite. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think of others. I mean, I think Greg Laidlaw won us that game against France in the Six Nations, and had we lost that, I think that would have been. Yeah, very very bad. Yeah, him coming on and really steadying the ship mm. after we'd been pretty all over the place. That was pretty impressive. I think his value is pretty undeniable. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think the sort of the consistency in Finn's game that we've been hoping for for the two years has never really materialised. It's never going to come. Highlighted by his, if anyone can see it, the pass he made <laughs> in a game yesterday behind his own try line that got intercepted. <laughs> and therefore, I think you talk about value to the Scotland team. Laidlaw is just so important. Yeah, it's so crucial. Like, yeah. it's, it's great having either George Horn or Ali Price coming off the bench, but Laidlaw... You get a bit anxious with those two. Yeah, you do. Like You, you get angry sometimes with Laidlaw, but I think because of how fast Russell and Hogg want to play... Yeah. It's almost great having that kind of just yeah, yeah, yeah. softening yeah, effect like... of Laidlaw at <laughs> Easy night. Boys. It's like Canada. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, good year though. That's been, been a good, good year. Yeah. Calcutta Cup win. Yeah, that's pretty decent. That's number one moment. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be the best moment. Of yeah, the year, for sure. Surely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I nearly had a heart attack. <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> I was crying. I was in tears. <laughs> yeah. There was the the crushing lows of Cardiff, and then yeah, yeah. That would be well, Cardiff times two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both pretty bad. Yes, yeah, and then Glasgow at home to Scarlets in the semi was yeah. pretty bad. Well, just anyway. like us to end on a low. <laughs> exactly. Let's end on those low moments um, and wish you all a very merry Christmas and a happy New Year. Well, I want to take this moment to say that I will be leaving the Thistle Rugby Pod <laughs> to move to the Scottish Rugby Blogcast <laughs> after my stellar performance, and they've offered me Monster Munch instead of Hula Hoops. Hello. So. Sorry, can't, can't compete with that. That's I'd like bad. I'd like to say that the hostilities have resumed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the podcast wars continue. <laughs> and they're going to step up in 2019. Can't wait. It's going to be great. But um, thank you again. Um, please keep in touch with us um, on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod 
on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. And then in the emails, get in there. They are the thistle rugby at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, find us on ACAST, find us on any um, podcast platform that you so use. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, guys. And we'll see you on the other side. Cheers. Cheers. See ya. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.